mini episode of Sharpening That Axe, a mini episode dedicated to uh, mini developing your mini skills as a mini guitar player. Tiny You're still fashion. trying this, aren't you? Like, I, it's it's just... not working. It's really, <laughs> it's, really yeah. not working. I don't know how um, many of these we've done, but every time it's like fumbling, <laughs> but it, fumbling for the right words. Every time it never works. Uh, I love it. So yeah, uh, welcome. This is basically a shorter episode in which we talk about uh, various tools and techniques that guitar players can use. My name is Dylan. Uh, this is John. No time for last names because this is a mini episode. And this week, uh, John, yes, exactly, uh, Chanel. Uh, John, you suggested talking about my favorite type of Italian breakfast cereal, arpeggios. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Please don't turn off the episode. Uh, yes. So <laughs> terrible. <laughs> no, as Somewhere as we all Paganini's know, Paganini's rolling in his grave. Yeah, <laughs> doing that anyway. Um, all those Ingve covers probably led to that as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I suppose arpeggios—it's kind of a—it's a bit of a mouthful of a word. Uh, you know, there's a lot of terms that people will use in everyday guitar language that are just essentially just the Italian original vocabulary for a technique, like legato. Or, or, or stuff like that. So, um, so okay, arpeggios, John. Uh, what are they? Why do we need them? Should you learn them? Could you give us a brief overview? Uh, I would say the best way to think about arpeggios is they are a uh, just a broken down chord. So yeah. your chord, right, when, you're, when you play, let's take that G major chord, just open G, big eagles, take it easy G. You know, you're going to have that G on the sixth string and then a B and a D and then another G and then you've got D and G. So what makes up that chord uh, it, at the very core of it is that G, B and D. And that's what mm -hmm. makes a G chord. It's the first note, the third note and the fifth note from your G major scale. All an arpeggio does is instead of strumming it on your giant 12 string dreadnought guitar to play Take It Easy, all it is... Mm -hmm. I'm not letting that go, but uh, the it's playing the, that G, B, and D one note at a time, more or less in sequence. It doesn't necessarily have to be in that order. Um, mm -hmm. You could also skip notes in an arpeggio. That's perfectly fine too. But the idea is that it's broken down to individual notes instead of one big strum it all at once. Beautiful. No, I like how you picked Take It Easy instead of Hotel California. It was a, it was a renegade move. Ah, uh, yes, I, I absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, that was a, a, a beautiful definition for, for what it is. And it's, this is everywhere, right? I, I remember uh, I, there was a magazine, guitar magazine that I believe is still going called, I think it's Total Guitar, which I read back in my youth. And I remember they had a, like a beginner lesson on arpeggios and it was a big picture of Tom York and it was like Radiohead use arpeggios all the time. And they really do. Uh, I think my go-to song when I think of arpeggios is like Street Spirit by Radiohead or Everybody Hurts, which is Basically, it's a really good song for beginners because you're essentially making the shape. You're just not strumming it. You're picking out the notes. Like essentially, -na 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 -na. you're basically just right. playing as, as so the arpeggios goes. are everywhere, right? Yeah. They're they're in uh, they're a very guitaristic thing when it comes to classical guitar. Everything is almost exclusively arpeggiated. Um, I should be really careful of that. There's plenty of like full chords, <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, it's there is a lot of arpeggiation more than there would be in popular music or even rock for that matter so however um it's everywhere in piano of course like you think of something like moonlight sonata that left hand is just an arpeggio 
that for that entire first section. So, but early on in your guitar playing career, you probably heard this thing bandied about. And what was your perception as a uh, as a beginner or as as maybe an intermediate guitar player, but not yet familiar with the term and familiar with what they do? Like, how did what what was it like just hearing that word and trying to wrap your head around it? And and what was your experience? I suppose with with me, it's like, hmm, like for example, I I I'd, it was something that I knew what it was. I just didn't know the word for it. So would would for example, would Stairway to Heaven that that opening would that be a an arpeggio? That's basically certainly it's an A minor yeah. arpeggio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like that was stuff that I I knew. I mean like you know, learning songs or especially the songs that I was learning, it was a lot of either you're thrashing power chords around or you're kind of like finger picking very kind of basic melodies and that's kind of what a lot of people will will start on especially if you're learning like rock or pop or folk music so yeah it was it was kind of a, a tool for like songwriting i think more than anything else than as, as opposed to guitar playing uh, it wasn't until later that i started using arpeggios to kind of come up with lead lines or even like to construct solos i got a lesson when i was like you know i've been playing guitar for years and i wanted to essentially figure out how to accompany another uh, like a singer that I was working with and the teacher uh, he, he basically said rather than thinking in scales think in arpeggios think of the chords and then pick out the notes and he was like the one three the five and like the seven if you want to be if you want to be a, a naughty about it and you know I, I just I and that's kind of stuck with me really whenever I just being able to visualize that on the fretboard, visualize where the, you know, whatever the chord is, where the one, three, five, that's come in really handy for picking out uh, things within the chord to sound interesting. Those are always good go-to notes. And I think knowing those notes, you know, you don't, if you're starting a solo, starting it on the first or the fifth is quite predictable, like starting like on the, you know, the big first bend or whatever it is being able to utilize stuff like the third and the seventh and then later on like you know ariel posen has a lot of stuff and the using the sixth which is a big john mm -hmm. mayer thing as well yes but yes. learning those those fundamentals of the the one three five and learning where it is within the actual shape has been really invaluable to me and it's really something i think that i need to revise i think it's a, it's a great technique because not everybody digs scales you know, it's people, if you, if you learn scales, just like the five, eight, five, seven, five, seven, it's just, that's going to be, that's good. No, but that's, that's going to be your go-to tool. And if you learn arpeggios, if you learn the different shapes for the major seven, minor seven, even just the basic open shapes, it's, it's just, uh, it's another way of being creative without being stuck within the box. Yeah. Yeah. Nice summary. Very nice. And would you use it? I mean, what instances would you find yourself teaching arpeggios to students? Do you think, would you consider it as like a, a scale alternative or a way to, I suppose there's a lot of probably beginner songs that you would find yourself bringing it Yeah, in. well, like I said, the the idea is that, uh, and, and you, you brought it up too, you mentioned finger picking. Mm. A lot of times we sort of just think of like uh, finger picking as if it's a totally different thing than arpeggios. It's It's the same thing. If you have a chord, and you're playing individual notes, you're essentially arpeggiating the chord. It doesn't have yeah. to be one, three, five, one, three. Like, you know, you can take that G again. If you start on the D string and then you play the, the second string and then the third string, you know, even that idea of uh, Travis picking, like Travis picking is just a particular way to arpeggiate a chord. So um, 
I wouldn't necessarily talk about it that way a lot in my lessons, but arpeggios do a great thing in terms of mapping out the fretboard for you. So uh, one of the big things that I do with my students is the cage system. So when you're working through that cage system, what I do is you play the chord shape, you play the scale shape, and then you play the arpeggio. And you just cycle that through. So chord, scale, chord, arpeggio, chord. And what that does for, what it did for me, and this is why I teach that way, is it helped me to solidify in my head how that arpeggio fits in with that chord shape and that scale shape. So the arpeggio then becomes a way to map out your fretboard and to know how to land on a particular note from another location in the fretboard. So if you're playing, let's say an A major, and you're up there in ninth position, so your root note is gonna be on the 10th fret, on the second string, and the 12th fret on the fifth string, that's, that's essentially what would normally be called your C shape. You've got a C shape scale there, you've got that arpeggio as well. But if you needed to shift down to fifth position, that is the fifth fret, could you see on the second string where that E is on the fifth fret? That's still part of that A major arpeggio, but can you, excuse me, can you identify exactly where that is and how to get there? And so those arpeggios, I think, really help to map out the fretboard. Um, One of the things we'll do here is I will also include, we'll we'll get a, a link here on our Patreon of a couple of different arpeggio exercises will also link to it from Facebook and wherever else we can. Yeah. So, um, but taking just three, uh, three strings. So the first, second, and third string and being able to identify your major and minor arpeggios. So for example, a major and a minor up and down the fretboard. So you'll have three different ones. Like if, if you were going to start, for example, your, the first one that would be easiest to identify would be in the open position where you've got your A on your second fret, third string. You've got your C sharp on the second fret on the B string, and then you have your E string open. And so that would be what we would call root position. And so you can think of it as a triad. You can think of it as an arpeggio. It's good to be able to to sort of play them individually, Mm -hmm. say the notes and say their relationship to each other. So for example, Uh, intervals is fine but what I mean by that is like scale degrees so say that a c e as well as root third fifth and then when you shift up to the fifth fret you'll find that the a is now on the first string so the order of your notes is going to be c sharp on the fourth fret third string and then you have e and then a so you would say then three five one or three five root or however you want to think about it but what that does is to your point when you said the third it's it allows you to think about that note that you're playing in relation in relation to the chord or the parent key depending on you know in the case of a it's the same thing but that helps to just solidify what you're playing how those notes relate to it and not only that as you're doing that you're looking for the root every single time so now to help you build that awareness on the fretboard you're able to see an a on the third string second fret another a on the fifth fret, first string, and then another A on the 10th fret, second string. So simultaneously, you're building up your knowledge of how these chords relate to each other in terms of frets, and then also in terms of how they relate to each other in terms of scale degree and uh, all these other 
aspects. So that's kind of the, that's, that's sort of the key. And that's usually how, how I try to, to get people to learn them. Application is a whole other thing. So um, I'm going to take a little drink here. <laughs> but, that was great. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a really, like I, I'm picturing what you're saying and it sounds like a really good idea. I've never thought of that idea of, cause you know, you've, you've, you're kind of, you're learning through action and you're saying things out loud and that helps you to memorize stuff um, yeah. in terms of the positions. So yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a really, uh, yeah, as, as mentioned, we will post uh, a few exercises on our uh, Patreon com slash sharpen that x pod um, yeah that this is great john i i was like you know people think scales are like a dirty word and they can get mm -hmm. very much like you know it can be very off-putting because everybody just thinks of like learning piano scales and you know yeah it's it, scales almost sound like we kind of talked about this a little bit in the scales episode where people think of scales as just like their finger exercises you know or it's particularly if if you played an instrument in elementary school or high school or secondary school or whatever you know you played in school band right like you yeah. just played the scales to warm up but so what gets missed a lot is the fact that the scales are their foundation so we're talking about these arpeggios those arpeggios are based on major and minor scales yeah. um, in fact another good exercise we'll put this one up too is to go through those arpeggios in the diatonic progression so a b minor yeah. c sharp minor d major e major etc um, and to be able to see those in those different inversions, starting on just those three strings, you know, don't, don't necessarily try to see everything on all six strings on all 22, 24 frets on your guitar. So just start with something small and manageable and then, and then go from there. Uh, to answer your second question though, cause you said like, how would, would you look at those in terms of a scale alternative? And I, I think the answer to that is eventually. So what I like to do with students is start them with those arpeggios. So I've got a student right now that I've got him working. I had him work through the arpeggios for A minor. Jeff Rube, shout out to you because you know I'm talking about you while you're riding your bike. That's <laughs> since that's when he listens. Anyway, uh, he, uh, but what we worked through were the A minor arpeggios in terms of all the cage shapes but then being able to see them on three strings uh, yeah. as part of a sweep pattern. So we talked a little bit about that with the sweep picking episode, but now being able to identify those notes uh, as the chords change. So in other words, uh, what we've done is we've looked at A minor, D minor, and E minor. And can you find those three arpeggios in different locations on the fretboard? So if you play an A minor on the fifth fret, can you find a D minor right there with it? Can you find an E minor that's close by? Beautiful. You know, so that, that E minor, of course, is going to cause you to shift back. So your first finger would be on the third fret playing that G. But, um, and your second finger would be on the fourth fret playing the B. And then your third finger plays the root note on the second string. But point, point is like there, now you can emphasize those three notes. It's really handy for something like a 12 bar blues progression. You know, honestly, the whole one, four, five thing, like that's the foundation of music since Bach, like that's kind of what we do. So being able to identify those in one position allows you to play over chord changes accurately and emphasize notes that make sense to your ears. Um, cool. And then, Finally, just being able to layer the scale over it then gives you passing tones that sound really cool. 
And then once you sort of get to Jens Larson level, like that's where <laughs> you think you can. I mean, I know he doesn't always, but that's where you, you're chasing chords. And then that's where the scales become really fuzzy. You can play a, a different scale, quote unquote, for every single chord. But instead, what you're doing is you're taking the arpeggio and you're just emphasizing a note that sounds cool. So if, you're, if you were in A minor, uh, Paul Davids did a good video on this recently too, on uh, the idea of key. So key is more about a tonal center than it is necessarily a scale. And, and I think he, he made a pretty good point on that. Um, though I do think, no offense to him, the video was a little bloated, but whatever. The, <laughs> um, we'll leave that in, because... Well, well, we... <laughs> Um, Paul, if you want to be on the show, please reach out to us. Yeah, I'm uh, sure you're listening. So. Um, um, no, I, I, yeah, I but what you're saying. It's, it's, yeah, at, at any rate, he, uh, he does make a really good point that it's, it's much more about the tonal center and how you get to and from the tonal center. So when you're playing over a particular chord, um, you've got a lot of wiggle room. You know, there's no reason why you can't play a B flat if you resolve it correctly in A minor. Like, and you could call it a Phrygian scale, but it doesn't have to be. You could play a B flat and a D sharp, and now you've got some sort of Lydian flat two, which I think is a thing, but who cares? Like, it sounds cool over the chord, and that's the important part. Oh, okay, all right. I had a lot more to say on the arpeggios than I thought I did, so. That's quite all right, John. Uh, thank you very much for imparting your wisdom on our on our. Uh, what was originally supposed to be a mini episode, but we're, we're here. And thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, yeah. If you, uh, if you want to chuck in a book, we have a Patreon, which uh, includes uh, access to lessons and other streams that we've done. And we're, 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 we're working on the back catalog for the Patreon and yeah, let us know, you know, send us, what did you think of our episode? You can leave us a review on all the places that you leave reviews. It only takes a minute and it really helps us out. And yeah, you can, if you have any ideas for topics or guests, please reach out to us at sharpenthataxe at gmail.com. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to, 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 to say right now. I'm kind of arpeggioed out. There you go. Well, check out, uh, check out the exercises that we'll have posted and uh, just let us know if you got questions on it. Yes, very good. Remember to eat your bowl of, arpe- I'll, I'll stop with the cereal joke because it died. No, no, <laughs> you, you did it once, man. You did, did it, it once. once. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Stay sharp. We'll see you next time.